Welcome to the How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. My name is Christine. I'm a mental health nurse practitioner who got coronavirus in April of 2020 and had long COVID symptoms for months. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting better until I healed myself through unwinding my childhood conditioning. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life and how I healed myself along with others sharing their own personal stories and how they are navigating through their own healing. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 30, The Profile. Have you ever wondered what the conscious and unconscious parts of your personality are? Have you ever wondered why you knew something you just knew? Discovering human design made many things click for me. Many experiences, many breakthroughs, many undiscovered talents, many choices I've made in the past make sense now. Human design has shown me why I now have a podcast at age 44, why I'm coming off the roof early to be a role model for others, why having alone time is where my foundation of my teachings to others lies. Today, I brought back my friend and human design coach, Marielle Hans, once again to discuss the human design profile lines. Before listening to this episode, I encourage you to listen to our previous human design episodes so that you have an easier understanding of this fascinating subject. Episode 21 is a great one to start with where Marielle gives a beautiful and easy to understand explanation of what exactly human design is and how it gives you permission to be yourself through your unique design. Then in episode 24, Marielle and I get into more of the specifics of human design, such as the human design types, authority, and centers. Hello, Marielle. Thank you once again for coming on my show. Happy to Um, be here. How are you doing all the way in California? Oh, pretty good. Um, You know, just lots of things moving quickly, you know, adapting. Um, I think, you know, owed to my open identity center just always changing and integrating new things and Mm. yeah just um yeah it's been always been a learning curve and learning experience so yeah yeah I know this is kind of not about pro uh profile lines but when you have an open identity center you're just your your identity is just constantly changing or you're just adapting yeah so it's um kind of with any uh open or undefined center, the kind of energy ebbs and flows, but especially with the open identity center. So I have no gates, no activated gates in my identity center, um, which means that, you know, the cold question of who am I is kind of in flux all the time. Oh, so that's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is one reason I was so drawn to human design, drawn to astrology, drawn to all the types of, you know, more esoteric readings and things like that, is I'm always kind of looking looking for something to tie me down and say, this is who I am. But honestly, it's kind of just embracing the fact that you're kind of flowing from environment to environment. You're highly adaptable, just connecting with people, you know, and, and really seeing who they are. Um, It's more Mm -hmm. the gift angle there too, but it can be often be frustrating. And so we, we moved still in Southern California, but we moved and it's just kind of like, how do you kind of adapt to a change in environment and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good luck with that. (laughs) Um, So we briefly discussed profile lines in our episode 21. I want to dive a little deeper because I have a lot of questions. Um, Because so the profile lines, kind of my understanding, you have two parts, you have this conscious part, this unconscious part, but I don't really know, like, what are they for? Like, what's what what is what is it supposed to teach you? What's the gift? What's the thing about it? So can you explain a little bit about what the profile lines are? Yeah, like you said, it's a lot about your your personality, but really it's kind of the role you take in your purpose is like how you, you know, how you kind of interact in life um, and that role that you, that really that you take. So if you're meant to, um, you know, be more of someone who, you know, is more w- withdrawn or spends time alone or things like that, um, it'll kind of like, it'll show how you're kind of perceived and how you kind of perceive yourself, mm. but also how you kind of connect with your, your purpose and, and a, you know, in a really interactive kind of way, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
And it's kind of like we're all, we all have our profile lines and we're kind of all interacting together. Yeah. So it's, you know, just kind of like I always say with human design, it's like everybody has, you know, 26, you know, the, the max number of activated gates you can have is 26. And the reason why you don't have all 64 gates is that we're, we're meant to interplay with other people. We're meant to collaborate. So you mm. can't have all the same personality type across the board, even though society would like us to all kind of conform to the same ideal, be a particular type of person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have as much chance, you know, of being one well, actually, no, technically, you don't have as much chance to be one profile as another, but we all need kind of a mix of these mm-hmm. energies, which is why we have, we all um, are, you know, different. Yeah, yeah, different and unique. And, and that's just so awesome. And when I discovered human design, that was one thing I love that it, it really gave me permission to be myself, like, to see, oh, okay, because, you know, I was very conditioned, you know, by a narcissistic mother. So, you know, unwinding all that, you know, when I started unwinding that and discovering human design, I mean, it was such a beautiful mix of, as I was unwinding that and seeing that I am unique and these are where my unique gifts are. And it's just such a cool thing to know. Um, Okay. So, so you have, so when, when somebody goes to do like their human design chart, they need to know their date of birth, the time they were born and where, correct? Yep. That's exactly right. Okay. And people can just get their free profile on, there's so many different sites out there. So it's pretty easy just to do that. Just, you know, what's yeah. my human design. You can, um, yeah. Well, my human design, you can go to um, Jovian archive. Um, yeah. There's, there's several places on oh, my body graph as well um, to get information. And of course the information they give you is going to, you know, depend on the particular site. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so the, so we all have two profile lines, right? Yeah. Well, they, we have, yeah, we have two lines, um, that, that together become your profile. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. So we have two lines. Cause that's what I was like, okay, what's the line in the pro cause you'll see lines in profile now. Okay. Now I get, so we have two lines that become your profile. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have a top number and a bottom number. And so the top number is your conscious. Yeah, well, the first, yeah, so the first number. So if you kind of look at your human design chart, you can see that there are a set of black date, of black numbers and a set of red numbers. So the black numbers are based on your birth date, your personality side. The red numbers are your design date, which is more your body and unconscious side. And so you're taking the first top two numbers that you have are your, your sun and earth gates. You can see there's always going to be a decimal place there. So your first line is going to be the what is that decimal place so for example it could be a line six and then you go to your design sign and you see a point two so that would Mm -hmm. be a line two together they would make the profile six two oh that makes so much sense because sometimes i'll be you know me every day i do something human design i just love researching and looking at it and this is so fascinating but um i was wondering what is this decimal thing okay so that makes sense now gotcha yeah and every every single gate has a line and actually has a tone and color and you can go even further and further into nuance um but you really don't need to so you you could go into basically each line um of each gate and it will have a similar feel. Every gate has like a, you know, if they have your 18.6 and the sixth line probably has a little to do with more of that taking a step back and that evolution of kind of life experience and things like that um, to, to a very minute degree will, of course, change within the context of the actual gate. But there, there are lines to every gate that you have uh, activated or a- any possible gate has the six lines as well. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and look at my chart. Oh, okay. Um, so you have so the first number, the first line is your conscious part. And then you have your second part, which is your subconscious part. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so my question is, so so what is the point? Like, is the subconscious part, you know, we're just not aware of it and one day we will be, or are we kind of aware, or we're like, what is that? What does that mean? They say the conscious, the, well, the conscious part is the one that you're more aware of. And it's something, it's more, we like to call it like how you see yourself. 
Mm. So um, if you have a line six, you, you might see yourself as someone who's going through these like stages in life who had a, you know, a rough 30 years Mm -hmm. and, you know, depending on your age, like you might be more healing from it. You might take a step back. You don't want to be kind of in the drum of life in the same way that you used to. Um, And you'll see that in yourself. Whereas the second line that you have is something people more readily will see in you. And it's something that I don't think you can't see it. I just don't think it's something that is as obvious. Like, you know, just like your, your unconscious or subconscious self, it takes, um, it takes kind of time and takes attention to kind of understand and feel that. So it's not that I don't believe that you can't see it. I just believe it's not going to be something that you would necessarily describe yourself as, as readily. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. Cause like, and we'll get into the more specifics of it, but like my subconscious part is being a hermit, being alone. And I've always said, I love having parties and being with friends. And so when I found out that part, I was like, wow, you know, um, but then it started making sense. Cause I like to journal and I to have a lot of quiet time, you know, I just viewed myself as this very social type person, you know, love giving advice to friends, you know, kind of thing. So, um, and then is there, so are you supposed to like with me personally, like I'm a six two again, we'll get into more specifics, but like my hermit part, my subconscious hermit part is important. I have to have that to step into my conscious role more. Is that with all of them or is that just this one, mine in particular? No, all of, all of them. It's, it's really um, kind of a give and take. It's all really, I like to think of it mostly as a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Like if you are more strongly one line prevalent, you're going to start feeling the absence of the other line. So mm-hmm. especially with the, you know, it's easy to see with a her with the hermit line and with um, the opportunist liner of uh, the fourth line, you can, you can see how that one you can more or less turn on and off in the sense that like you can be very hermited or you can mm-hmm. be very social. Um, and with, you know, but then there's always nuance to it. So with even with the fifth lines, because they're also quite social people, they're really in there. They want to, you know, they want to work with and help people. Um, but depending on what they're paired with, you know, they might, you know, if it's a five one and they, they feel they're going into investigation mode. And if they're constantly and just trying to find, get to the bottom of something and, and realize the entirety of the idea, they might start feeling like they're not doing enough. Like they're not really out in the world doing enough. So it's really a balancing, a a balancing act that you have to figure out, of course, your personal, you know, your personal expression of this and then, you know, lean into it and just become very in tune with when you need to pull back. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. I love that. So let's start with the, um, the line one. And this one is known as the investigator. Is is there any other terms that they call for profile one? Yeah, generally it's the investigator. Um, you can see with, with you'll, you will see with some of these profile lines that the words that they use can somewhat have a negative connotation. But this mm-hmm. one, since it's the investigator, it means really just that. You can think of other ways to describe it, maybe like a knowledge seeker. Um, and really it's someone who wants to know everything about something, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously you would follow your strategy and authority in terms of subject matter, but you know, like with human design, like, even though I'm not a line one, um, a line one would want to know absolutely every detail, but they would want to know also broad concepts. They would want to know it almost from ins and outs and every layer in between. What would happen though, because you want to have a completely solid foundation of this knowledge is that you are going to be very, I would say very rough on yourself or needing to be an expert in what that actually means and feeling like you always need to know more. And this, you know, the, I would say the darker side of this can be not able to share information because you don't feel that you're an expert enough, but it's like one of those things. It's like, well, you can't absolutely know everything. It's not humanly possible. So it's like, where do you draw that line? Where do you feel mm-hmm. informed enough to be able to step out and share that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so fascinating. Um, 
yeah, my I have a lots of ones in my life, line ones in my life. And my boyfriend, he's um he is a one four, but so he's you know, first one is the invest- investigator and he oh my god, the questions. I have never I guess well, I was married for so long, but so this is new to me, but I've never been with somebody that asked so many questions. Like, I, just like, have you always done it this way? Why do you do it this way? And I'm just like, it's so startling to me, you know what I mean? Starting to get used to it, you know what I mean? And, and not take, at first I was like, is he like being rude? Like, you know, saying that I'm not doing something right, but he's just literally asking a question and and he'll say that I'm just asking I'm just asking you know and yes he is just asking and it's funny to me because you know with me and my hermit side you know we don't I don't like and being a manifesto generator I don't like to be interrupted I don't like to have to explain I just know dude you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, but it's interesting because I was reading about the investigator like that's part of how they feel secure is like getting this knowledge is that right yeah, it's it's one of those things is you, that I would say there's a level of of safety kind of to it where it's like they feel they feel more safe, they feel more secure with as much knowledge as they could have. Like they're going to be the ones that are going to be making the educated decisions, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to want to have all of that knowledge. Uh, I think you know as far as a challenge goes, in I would think that because no one has mental authority that someone, you know, that has a a first line may want to sometimes research and make more mental decisions. But it's, this is kind of not for, you know, your own personal decision making. This is all about, you know, finding, collecting knowledge, making sense of it and understanding the world so that you can kind of share it. Yeah. It's a lot of where we, where we are very mental, whether we're in our quote unquote heads, our head center and our mind center, Ajna center, a lot of that gift that's there is really not meant for for you in the respect that it's not meant to decide life for you. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to be put out there, whether it's on a collective level or it's on a, um, a more of a tribal level. So within your community, your family, and even outside of individual expression, it, people are still seeing that. So it's there's all this level of, of, of sharing that we that we're doing. That is so freaking cool. I love that. I love that it's meant to be shared. And one thing I was reading about the investigator, like their, what do you call it? Non-self theme or whatever it's called. Um, they, they, they feel unworthy. And so they can feel unworthy, you know, the, I guess the low expression of it, I don't know, but they can feel unworthy if they don't know the knowledge. And it's, I love what you just said. It's not about them. It's about sharing with others, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, one way for someone to kind of get out of the shadow is realizing that, you know, you're not doing anyone a service of of hiding yourself away because you don't feel you're an expert enough or you don't feel like you know enough. What you're here to do is, is you know, serve the collective, serve the community and and share the knowledge that you do have. And if you need a caveat and say like, Hey, I'm still learning because aren't we all. And just say that, just be like, Hey, this is, this is a process. I'm, I'm still learning about everything about this, but this is the point, you know, I've come to a point where I, I'm ready to, to start talking about it and start sharing it. That's so cool. I was reading on someone's side about um, how they kind of describe, and this may have been, this may be all in human design, but the pro the profiles, they describe it as like a house, you know, and the line one is the foundation of the house. Yeah. And you kind of, kind of think of it too. I mean, there's a lot of similar attributes to, um, to human designs, to astrology. And also line one is very much, um, kind of similar to kind of like the Aries that first, the first sign and the first house and in, in, in the houses of astrology and really mm-hmm. kind of building that, like you said, that foundation. Um, and that's kind of like there, it's a sim there, ha- there's a similar energy to it for sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. And then line two, which is that's, this is the hermit, um, which is my subconscious part of me. Can you um, explain what the hermit means? Yeah, I think the hermit line is, is definitely misunderstood because like you said, it's like you generally know yourself to be very, you know, personable, loves to be around people, loves talking. And it's it's it doesn't mean that someone like this is a literal hermit. It just means that nat- you have these natural talents. You have this natural little genius about you. And what it does take to kind of nurture that genius and talent is taking time alone. You need to take time alone to just be and do in that moment. 
um, without kind of distractions away. And that, that alone time that you take is really meant to like foster those gifts. So it's not that you don't like people. It's just that you need time alone um, and probably makes you even, you know, experience other people's connections outside of that so much more deeply and within more presence because you've had that time to do your own thing. Um, There's another layer to this where we, there's with line twos and line fives, there's kind of what we call a projection field. So when people see a line two, and it's going to be especially prevalent with you as the second line is an unconscious line, something people have seen you more readily than you see in yourself is that they might project like onto you this like belief that you need to do something with your talent. You need to do something with your skills. Um, and so that can add like another la- layer of pressure because if you, you may be talented or good at something that you don't necessarily want to do anything with, or, you know, if you have a, you could, say you were like excellent at chess, it may not mean that you want to go ahead and pursue a, you know, championships in chess or any something that um, you'd be taking to the next and next level where other people are like, well, but you're so good. You need to do something about it. So they project onto you this like needing to do something with your talents that maybe it's just a personal enjoyment you get from that, or it's just something that you happen to be good at that you don't really want to put that kind of time and dedication into. So you have to be careful about receiving that kind of pressure. Uh, yeah, girl, you're speaking my language because uh, human design, like I love human design. I read about it almost every single day. It's such a fascinating topic, but I don't, I want to do that with my friends and for fun. Like, I don't want to make that my business. I don't want to be hustling for clients, you know, to read profile because I want to just do it because it's fun. And I like watching people's faces when I tell things like to me, that's like part of connection. And I'm, I'm happy that I know that it's not a career that I would personally pursue because I think it would take the fun out of it for me, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. So, so um, cause I recognize when I'm alone, like my, my gift is to, to help people help them unwind their conditioning in a different way. You know, I can, I mean, I could definitely suggest human design, but they're going to have to figure it out themselves. I don't want people like calling me going, Hey, tell me about this, you know, cause uh, there's so much to it, but it's just so interesting. Um, and like, and again, to like the house, um, thing, like they, I was reading, like they described the hermit as on the windows open, the lights are on and people are like peering in the window and you're like, no, I'm not coming out. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I read too was like the more I more people hermit, the more you're actually called out, which was kind of interesting to me. Oh yeah, I actually haven't heard that, but I mean it does kind of make sense because you think of of also that level of projection field too. So people are looking at you, you know, mm-hmm. in the way of like they are looking at you to ex- you know express the talents that they see in you, and when they feel like you're just kind of using it or only doing it for yourself or, or more of a in a hermit like way they're like well why aren't you sharing it with the world and it's like you don't mm-hmm. need to do it. yeah <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have to be shared with the world I mean it's just that you are you know you are playing with your own gifts I and it's up that. to you and then we'll talk a little more more when we talk about your full profile of six two um but that's exactly you're not with six twos because you think about the sixth line being someone that's going to is a role model and we'll get into that a little bit too. And, and with the hermit, you can see that those are, those are very distant. You know, these are not people that are necessarily meant to be in the mucky muck with everybody. Um, yeah. You're more led, meant to lead by example. So you're not going to be the one that wants to necessarily take someone by the hand and guide them through mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. You're meant to kind of share. These are tools. Like you said, these are tools that can help you get the healing that you need but i'm not i'm not going to be your healer i love that oh my god that just confirms so much because i was i was sort of down this path of like doing coaching and it just was like my gut was like this is not what i'm supposed to be doing and uh so and i thought well i'm actually going to develop some like you know, e-courses or e-education or something to help people with my own journey and how I did it, you know, and 
Um, so I love that. Cause like, here's the resources, here you go, do it or not. Like, here you go. This is what I did, but yes, girl, I am not going to get on the phone with you for an hour and hear about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause I already do that kind of for a living anyways, as a uh, mental health nurse practitioner. So, and real quick, do some of the lines are some of them more outward and more inward than others? I, I really believe that, yeah, usually the, it's the, the first three lines tend to be a little more kind of an inward, um, an inward process and sense they're like about kind of internalizing and learning on your, on your own. Um, and then it's the other, the other end of them are a little bit more kind of externally, um, they're more e- externally driven. So they're about what you know and how you connect. So they do have their own kind of, um, you know, internal and external focus. But within that, too, as we talked about with the role model, there is it's not so much that you are it's by, you know, you're externalizing this kind of experience and this kind of growth and things like that. But you're but you're not necessarily doing it like on a one on one. People are seeing you as the role model. Gotcha. I love that. You're just, this is just confirming so many things for me today. I love it. I'm so happy. Um, okay. And then pro or line three, which I have, you know, several threes in my life, one threes. Um, and they call it the martyr. I don't know why that word gets on my nerves, but can you explain that? What, what, what line three is? Yeah. So the, the martyr is probably the first one that it's like a little, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the word choice and the connotation, because we think of the martyr as the one who sacrifices themselves mm-hmm. and there, there's a level of this. It's not really a sacrifice of yourself. It's, these are the people that are just all like pure trial and error. They are ones that just jump into life and learn by experiencing it. And it gets, you know, the roads are bumpy. They're meant to make mistakes, but they're actually born to be really failure tolerant. Like, like really love failure because failure is how they learn and how they get to their, their success. So, and they're the ones that are going to really love the process somewhat. I think of them, you know, in terms of like Myers Briggs being a P like the ones that that enjoy like the process and the progress of things. They're the ones that just enjoy that journey and they just, that's how they learn. They're just always constantly immersing themselves in life. That is so cool. Um, my friend who's a one three would love to hear that. And one thing I read about line three, like you said, you know, the failure and all that is their thing is resiliency. The mm-hmm. more, more and more they do it, the more resilient they are. And I just find that so beautiful, especially for her and things that she's gone through. Like, I just love that resiliency is like part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're bent, you're meant to use that tool. You're meant, to, you're meant to bump into things. You're meant to learn in that kind of way. So you have to be resilient. And we live in such a culture that failure is, you know, deemed pretty much the worst case scenario. So we don't, we don't want to fail. We do everything to avoid failing. And a lot of the times that means we don't experience life. That means we don't jump into life. And if you're afraid of making mistakes, you're afraid of trying things, you're meant to really always get out of your comfort zone. Like these are the people that really need to live outside their comfort zone a lot of the times and just, just live their lives. Explore. Oh, I love that. I love that. Cause I would imagine if you're not doing that and you're not doing the trial, I would imagine you'd feel like unfulfilled or, and empty and you can't figure out why, you know? Yeah. There's definitely going to be a level of emptiness there for sure. Where it's like, there is an adventure to life that you're not living. And because you're not living it, it's like, it, it all depends on like what you're missing out on. And I think that they'll probably maybe more if you're um, maybe like a one, three, you might feel that more strongly because it's your subconscious side. So mm-hmm. you're not necessarily as conscious of this desire that you have to just be a, a, an explorer an inventor or discoverer that you're going to feel that need and maybe not understand why. That is so interesting because I never understood like her saying like she feels left out. Like if, if I am, I don't know, we worked very closely together for many years, but like, let's say I am talking to someone, she you know, it was like wanting to get in the mix, you know, so I was like, and then, you know, she's like, why are, why are they leaving me out? And I'm like, what, you know? And so that's so interesting. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about line four girl. I have so many line fours in my life. Talk about. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm also a line four, so I'm a four mm-hmm. six and the fourth line is all about depth. 
Um, and there's generally depth of connection. It's like another one of those negatively connotated words, the opportunist. Um, but you can think of this more as someone who is more of an intimate friend mm-hmm. or wants that that's the kind of connection that they desire. They're, they're very much networkers, kind of organic leads, um, really through their own kind of connections and they're the ones who really, you know, they don't, they don't want to have a conversation around small talk. They want to be really with people they connect with on a deep level. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to, to seek that level of connection. Um, and that's a lot of the, how they learn. They learn through that kind of more intimate connection um, opportunities. A lot of the times come from, come through that. If I think back, like, I, I think I've only had one job in my career that wasn't from a from someone I knew uh well I guess the first job um but so maybe two of them were were really more cold leads and then the rest of them were all just um me talking to people that I knew or them talking to me about opportunities that arose so those are you know usually these are the people that find their um significant others through friends or through you know and it's funny because like I've you know I I had a moment in time where I online dated a ton and I never met anyone significant, but all of my relationships have come out of um, different friends and uh, different experiences, like even, even work too. You need to go through work. So. That's so interesting. Gosh. Okay. And then um, we have line five. What's the, the her- heretic? Yeah. So the heretic is another one of those words. Um, But really, this is someone who's um, very solution driven, very like solution for the collective. Mm. So you can see the fourth line has a very is kind of more tribal in the human design lingo, tribal and community and and close, you know, close friends, more of connection. The fifth line is like really blowing up to really the kind of collective and these are the people that are like really looking at bigger topics and the solutions for bigger topics and kind of on a grand scale for the world at large. And they are just ones who really do want to be like ones that save the day, want to be the ones that kind of like fix problems, right? So you'll see, you know, a lot of the time you'll also see that they have this projection field again where people are just expecting them to save them. So they have this, you know, they have this this big pool of, of expectations. So people with fifth lines is a lot of the times that like they need to, you know, they feel that draw and they feel like people pulling them to kind of just like fix these fix these things when it's just like they have to do what's right for them. So it comes back again to strategy and authority where it's like, okay, well, is this something I want to fix? Am I drawn to fix this problem? Um, and then from there, you know, really being able to look at it on a, on a much um, wider scope and provide more of a wide solution. So kind of like you were saying, you know, similar to how what you don't do with like an e-course, like they're the ones probably, you know, speaking on stage. Like they are like kind of the ones more like the giving a TED talk kind of mm. vibe um, because they're, they're wanting to get to more of a universal audience. Mm, that's I love that my daughter she's a five one so that's really really cool that's just beautiful okay and then we have line six the role model yes and the line that we both share the role model mm-hmm. um and the line six is kind of a little different like it's something you live more kind of in in stages and phases um before 30 you are basically a third line so you're just like the the martyr the martyr or explorer line where you're just getting into life and doing by trial and error, bumping into different things. You know, um, a lot of the times though, it's, it's really for kind of a purpose. It's not, you still have that same third line to where it's like, you are somewhat more mistake, um, you know, tolerant or you're better with making mistakes and failures. But what I found with more six lines that I've gotten to know is that, because they're drawn in from 30 to 50 and to a period we call being on the roof and really focusing on more of that self-care and that that internal exploration and understanding the experiences that they had, the trauma that they've had, like that kind of bumping into things um, for the first 30 years of life really feels very purposeful. 
in the sense that you need to kind of bump into a lot of stuff because you're going to come back and heal from it. So if you don't bump into enough kind of stuff or have these like deeper human experiences, like what, you know, what cache of, of, you know, internal gold are you going to find when you do pull back right so and then of course the when you get to the like 50 is like when you come back off the roof but you come back off the roof into living life as this like kind of like exploration person is bumping into things but with all the wisdom that you've accumulated in the last 20 years so that you're able to really glide through and then people will see you you know, because this is a role model. So this is a kind of a more mentory kind of thing, less hands on where people are going to see you experience life. And they usually will look at you and, and think, you know, of someone who has quite a lot of wisdom and a lot of life experience. Um, but now you're really just back in the, back in the thick of things, you know, and, and I feel like this is a really a, a kind of teaching, you know, you're coming back and kind of teaching the ways Yes, I love that because, you know, you know, I, I cut my hours way back as a mental health nurse practitioner. And now I'm back. I sort of reinvented myself in a way. And now I'm back full time and working in a where I am kind of like this floater person. I'm not just stuck to one unit. I'm working all around. And even my approach now to clients, like I share my story, I share my trauma, you know, because you know, just any role, like if you're a, you know, someone who's prescribing someone medication, there might be this sort of intimidation factor, like maybe I'm on a pedestal. So I, I immediately share my story, maybe something that relates to them. And it's just, I love it. And also too, I love what you said, like bumping into things, you know? Um, yeah, I definitely bumped into a lot of things, but, and now I'm, I'm sort of piecing those things together. For example, like I had to have a father who was very racist. I had to have that. I had to see all of that injustice because now injustice is my theme, like finding solutions to injustice. And it's so funny because the other day I literally was like, I'm so grateful my dad was racist because I had to go through that to be where I'm at now, to be a role model and share that's my story with others and help find solutions to these things. Yeah, I mean, without that experience, you know, it wouldn't have necessarily mattered to you. Mm-hmm. you know, right. If it wasn't like in your face and you've gone through a journey of understanding very close to heart that that was a, a really incorrect perspective. Mm-hmm. And without that being highlighted, you, you probably wouldn't be, so, you know, so focused on injustice in this way. Wow. On racial injustice and racial and mental health injustice. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, let's talk a little bit about, you know, like put them together. So um, we can kind of start with mine, I suppose. So I'm a 6'2", so my conscious part is the 6, but I have three stages. Hashtag is complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I acted like a line 3 for the first 30 years, and then I they call it going up on the roof and then I emerge. Um, but I'm off the roof early. Like I'm now sharing that stuff, but I had to go through, you know, I, I guess some of the hermit stuff really, you know, cause I, t- I cut a lot of like toxic friendships and relationships and stuff over the past few years. And um, so kind of my theme is what, what is a six twos theme? Well, going to, um, before we kind of go into, into that, um, really too, I would, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, I'm off through early because what you you never really stop being interactive and, and sharing mm-hmm. it's, it's, um, it's one of those, one of those kinds of things where it's like, you're still, um, you're still healing mm-hmm. and you're, like you said, you're still disconnecting. You're still more cultivating the land for yourself right mm-hmm. so that is definitely still more of what we would what we would call on the roof but it doesn't honestly it doesn't really matter because right. when you it's like I've met people who are you know recently turned 50 that are six lines and they're like I don't know nothing's changed but it's <laughs> like one of those things that you know it's like there it's it's a level of like kind of recognition kind of coming into your own um coming back in and maybe the way I would see it is that like the toxic people don't bother you anymore you just walk right past them you Mm -hmm. know what I mean it's not that Mm -hmm. you're trying to create that space for yourself 
you don't almost don't even need the space as much you just kind of walk right by it like it's like you're unfazed mm. um it's kind of how i'm seeing it but then again it's like all of our journeys are gonna be very different i mean um there are just gonna be some moments where like okay well now you know especially as a as a combination hermit you're still gonna need your space regardless like i think with you it's gonna be more of a subtle shift to where you're going to start getting probably just more recognition at that point. Like at, from this point on, as you do more and more and more, you'll start to see like that. Oh, like, wow. Like Christine is getting the recognition. She, she deserves for having this experience and bringing it forth and sharing it and that kind of thing. Oh, you're going to make me cry. That's so sweet. I love that. That's just so cool. Um, Cause you know, in my conditioning, it was like, it definitely wasn't a gift to share. It was, it was a, you don't share and it, and if you do share, it's not real. It's not true. You know? And so that's just, so thank you. Um, so, and okay. So my father, he passed away and he was crazy. Um, you know, of course I had to read his, had to do his profile because I was so curious and he's a four one. And mm-hmm. I was reading about that because I was trying to like really get to the bottom and there it, it's, they said, I was reading, it's one of the rarest, profiles Mm -hmm. where it's fixed there's no it doesn't change is that true yeah they call it a fixed profile and yeah it's a very small sliver of time because um it's right when that six turns into a one so it's there's just a very 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 small period of time where this like window of of four one is actually captured because it's kind of like a weird overlay in time where there's only just a little snippet so when it comes to being a four one yeah they say that's no fixed karma um it means like you're this is like i've heard it called like a bonus life um but that obviously doesn't mean that you are in this life without potential to obviously impact the people that are around you so and it doesn't mean that you don't necessarily like i i don't want to say that someone doesn't have karma Mm -hmm. um you still have experience and so it's interesting with four with the four one because you have this like unconscious investigation side but you're still all about like just really raw kind of connection and really just connecting deeply with people too. Um, But that doesn't mean that there isn't, you're not in that, that the four one wouldn't necessarily be in this, the kind of shadow self. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was uh, something I was reading earlier this morning, which I thought was kind of more beautiful and spoke to me was like, four ones are the bridge to the other profiles. They're this bridge. Um, so I'm going to read more about that and see kind of what that means. Um, cause it just seems so, um, <laughs> it just seems like, oh, there's, you're, you're fixed. No, you don't not doing nothing. That's it. You die. Like it just seems terrible, you know? Well, I mean, it, it all of course depends on your personal belief, but I mean, I'm, I believe in reincarnation, which is more like, mm-hmm. I really believe in just a soul's journey. Like mm-hmm. we have multiple lifetimes and different things like that. So I really think of the four one um, potentially. Well, they t- the ones who believe it is like a, a bonus lifetime. It's like it makes it sound like oh, and then it's done. Like what does it really mean? Um, and that's their just last life cycle. But I could also see it as it's just a you know you're not bringing in tons of of karma from a previous life, um, uh-huh. which doesn't mean that you're not going to get into the thick of things when you're here. Um, so it's just, it's very, it's kind of, you know, they're, they're more, they're supposed to be kind of be le- like less serious people and just very sincere, um, you know, and, and have like with, with potential for huge change in their lives as well. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, it's an interesting, yeah, it's a really interesting placement. Yeah. And so let me just real quick on the bonus life. So what they mean, so what it means, so what in human design, it says if you're a four, one, which is my dad. Okay. And, uh, and there's a reason I'm asking this question. Yeah. So it said, and this, this is for my dad. I'm not anybody else, but so kind of they're saying, this is it. This is their last life. And then that's it. There's, they don't bring any karma. This is a bonus life and that's it. I've heard it kind of expressed like that, but at the same time, I'm like, that's just one person's perspective. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, 
I don't necessarily believe that because I feel like there is there once you're you know once you're in your you know human meat suit there's so much potential for you know negative karma to be created mm-hmm. right um and I think you know I think I'm trying you know to speak to knowing the story about your dad a little bit and kind of express it into this being that he's a four one. A lot of four ones that I know are just these very happy, light people that just don't seem to have a lot of baggage. Mm. Um, I know two four ones, and they're just delightful. Of course, they're you know they're into human design, like that's how I met them, yeah, right? Um, and they're just very light, happy, energetic people that are really just just deeply, deeply caring. And but I don't, obviously that's not a guarantee, right? right? We all have experiences. Like we all came into childhoods and had, a, had something that might put us in a different direction where we are more on the shadow side of things. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Um, and the reason I'm asking that is because, you know, after he died, I just, I mean, my house was haunted, all this stuff happened. And I, it's a very long story, but I sort of started looking at him you know, now he's gone in this other dimension, uh, his role, and it's going to sound crazy, but I don't care, as a gatekeeper, as a protector. And there's a reason why I'm saying that. There's, and I started looking at what gatekeepers are, because there's been so many things that have happened um, where I know that he was uh, protecting me. And so that's just a whole, that's a whole nother episode. But um, anyways, mm-hmm. um, that's just, so that sort of, to me, it makes sense. Like, he started, he started a bunch of shit up when he was here and now he's somewhere else working in a way that's, you know, protection. So fascinating. Um, okay. And then, okay. So I know a lot of four sixes. So four sixes, um, communities and my sister's one community is very important. Um, and you bet you have your friends are like, it's quality over quantity, right? Absolutely. Like it's, they're not, they're you know, I feel like as, as a four, six myself, like there, when I'm like, this is not my person, that's pretty absolute. Like, I really don't want to be around that person, you know, where I feel like someone that who might be a fifth line would, would just not care, wouldn't carry as much weight mm-hmm. um, because they're really there for the, the, the more the universal, more the collective. So being around someone who isn't their cup of tea, isn't going to like, create so much friction where the fourth line really just wants to be around people they really deeply connect with Mm. they don't want to spend time necessarily talking on you know talking about global issues in the same particular way Mm -hmm. they're really just wanting to have that kind of like really heart-centered connection Mm -hmm. and um and it's going to be fewer people like you're you know and I, i think about that with myself and sometimes i'm like why don't I have, you know, like a larger friend base? It's like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm very particular, like, and I've gotten there as a four, six with a six line. (laughs) And now I'm on the roof. I cultivated my, my friend group pretty close down. Like it's, and it's, you know, so it's like, it has to be depth and it has to be, you know, no drama. Right. So that's so cool. Cause you know, my best friend, he's a four, six, we met through work. And I remember in the very first time I invited him to my house for a get together, he was like, no, I don't hang out with people I work with. I thought that was the weirdest response. I was like, huh? You don't hang out? No, I don't. I, I have a very firm boundary, a line, a wall. Like, I don't hang out with people I work with. And I was like, well, that's weird. Um, but yeah. now, now I know, like, you know, because I had to kind of convince him, like, there, uh, I, I remember describing like with the first get together, who was going to be there. And, and he was like, I'll think about it, you know? And, you know, so it's just funny. And he's still like, he's very, and people love him, you know, but he's not going to go hang out with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and then I, you know, I'm, as I talk about it, I'm like more, I'm definitely analyzing myself, you know, at 35, I'm, you know, been on the roof for a few years and kind of watching my, behavior and especially I would say like having the sixth line be something a little more unconscious that like I don't necessarily know I'm making a transition in terms of maturity um until it's kind of done and I've looked back on it and be like oh yeah like (laughs) when I learned about the sixth line um and kind of that that being on the roof and and wanting to like be away from drama and stuff like that I just 
it didn't dawn on me that I was doing that, but I absolutely recognize it now where I'm like, I don't want to be with people that like are, you know, a different person all the time. Like for me, and I think this is pretty true with four sixes in general and six lines in general, like you really want to be around authenticity. Like Mm -hmm. that's been a really strong theme for me um, lately of just not having any patience or desire to be around people that feel inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all, you know, because it's like, to me, that is kind of like drama. Like it's kind of, it's, it's a little deceitful. It's a little Mm -hmm. um, hypocritical. And I just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't warm me the same way. And I'm looking for closeness and rawness and in depth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing about the four, six is that we may have talked about this before is you community and your friends, your close friends are very important, but also you can burn out from being too social. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's definitely and I I can 100% relate to that sentiment just because like, you because of that, like deep, deep connection, it takes a lot of energy, right? It's not, you know, um, and it's it's a very much a serving and a giving energy. So Mm -hmm. you can really overdo it. So especially like, with, um, you know, for me, like all like as a generator, um and as a fourth line is like when I kind of I can give a lot and that's and then that's necessary doesn't necessarily mean like you're giving a lot in like large sums or for projects or stuff like that but it's just the energy you bring into a relationship is 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 really deep and strong so it's like you know you may only interact with a person for a couple of hours and just kind of be exhausted by it Oh, that's, oh God, that makes so much sense now. Because again, he being with my my best friend is like he he always is looking at his watch and setting time limits with me. And I'm sure every everyone else, you know, that his close connection is, you know. And if we talk on the phone, I know it's going to be about thirty minutes to forty minutes. That's about it. That's about all he can handle. It's fun because we do have very deep, profound conversations. Uh, but I mean, me, I can like talk for hours, you know, um, until I want to go into my hermit mode. And nobody talks to me. But um, but I just that's just so, so fascinating. I love it. Well, Mariel, I really appreciate you coming on my show again. Um, do you want to tell our listeners um, where they can find you? Yeah, you can definitely find me in a couple of places um, on Instagram. I'm at the dot hd coach so that's t-h-e dot h-d-c-o-a-c-h and then you can find me um by my name Marielle Hans on linkedin as well as um for my coaching business for other materials um not related to human design on linkedin too yeah awesome and how do you spell your first name so everybody knows how to find you it's uh yeah so my first name is m-a-r-i-e-l-l-e Last name is H-O-N-S-E. I love it. And thank you for always offering to come. Because, you know, I could just talk about human design all the time. And I, I definitely, our next recording, if you will come, um, I want to talk about incarnation crosses. And you can find out, like, what's your karmic purpose of why you're here. I just love it. Thank you so much, friend. I appreciate you. Thank you, too. Looking forward to the next one. Yay. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you to all the listeners of How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. If you want to know more about me and hear crazy family stories, hop on over to the podcast I make with my sister. It's called The Family Burrito. My sister, Jessie, and I made the podcast after our dad died in March of 2021. We did it as a way to heal our childhood wounds. Now we are healing and now we're having a good time. So if you want to hear more stories, crazy sense of humor, and get to know my personality a little bit better, hop on over to The Family Burrito anywhere you get your podcast streaming.